When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 482 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is October 2nd, 2023, the day of the meeting. At least that's what was supposed to be happening today. The day of the meeting between Bob Melvin, A.J. Preller, Eric Gruppner, probably Eric Kusenda, I think that's his name, from Seidler Equity Group. Um, Peter Seidler, don't think he was supposed to be at Petco Park involved in this meeting. But we thought maybe they would reach some sort of conclusion today after this meeting. And there has been no news on if A.J. Preller is staying or going, if Bob Melvin is staying or going. All we have is a statement that came out from Peter Seidler at 8 o'clock this morning. Apologies, I'm still not feeling that great, so you might hear it from my voice. So if you're if you're watching on uh, YouTube, you will probably see me um, going to the Kleenex a little bit here. Just I don't know, is it the weather? I have no idea what's going on, but not feeling great. Uh, but still wanted to come on, and obviously there's going to be questions and comments, obviously on what is happening here with the Padres. What did this statement mean? I'm going to get into that. Uh, there's the Xander Bogarts comments about him not wanting to play first base. We'll get into that. Josh Hader 
Looks like he knows that he is gone. He posted something on Instagram today. We can get into that. And Kevin Acey also in his Padres Daily, his last Padres Daily newsletter of the year, because the Padres season is obviously over, put out a big chart of all the heartbreaking losses for the Padres this season. And so we can go through all of those and relive that misery again. Uh, and it just shows like if they could have just been a little bit better, maybe they're in the postseason tomorrow because the wild card series starts tomorrow. Uh, Dodgers, Braves, they don't play. It's Diamondbacks, Brewers in the NL, Marlins, Phillies as well. And then the AL matchups, I want to say, I know it's the Twins, Blue Jays. Twins are at home. My family's in Minnesota, so or some of my family I have in Minnesota. So that's like my team that I'm rooting for this postseason, obviously, because the Padres aren't in it. So I know it's Minnesota and Toronto. Minnesota hasn't won a postseason game in since 2004. Uh, I think game one of the DS in 2004. So we'll see if they can break break that streak. Uh, and then the other one, what's the other matchup? Uh, Rays Rangers. That's right, because Astros and Orioles they get the bye. So we'll see. Uh, it's not it's not the sexiest postseason, but for baseball fans, like I don't, people are gonna try to crap on this postseason and all that. Obviously, it sucks the Padres aren't in it, but it's still the postseason. Like October, it's the best month of the year. I don't care what anyone says. It's not because of NFL and college football and whatever else you want to say. No, it's because of the Major League Baseball postseason, in my opinion. It just sucks that the Padres aren't going to be in it, obviously. But without further ado, let's get into this, this statement from Peter Seidler. If you want to join the show, you can click that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat. And you can come on in. I'll get to the comments and your questions here in a little bit. But yeah, here is the statement. I released a video on this like right when it came out because I didn't know if there was going to be news later in the day. And I just react to that news. So I wanted to get a video out on it. But there hasn't been any news. So I'll give some more thoughts on it. Um, here is Peter Sider. This was released at exactly 8 a.m. So this leads me to believe that this was a scheduled tweet that Peter Seidler put this out or he sent this to the Padres PR team or social media team or something. He sent this yesterday, maybe last night, maybe right when the season ended, he knew what he wanted to say and say, hey, let's put this out tomorrow morning, 8 a.m., like scheduled tweet. Because usually when tweets go out and they're not scheduled, it's usually not like exactly at the top of an hour or something like that. Very well could, could have been not scheduled, but... Why I'm not super surprised that there wasn't news here today, and it's it's 6 o'clock, so there could be news, I guess, but what, the meeting took 12 hours? Like I just don't see how news is going to be happening here. And if news happens, obviously I will bring it to you here if I'm live while this news comes down. But when Peter Seiler put this out, the Padres put this out on behalf of Peter Seiler at 8 o'clock in the morning, I was sitting there like, okay, this is probably the news we're going to get. Because you don't put out a statement at 8 o'clock in the morning if you think that there's going to be news coming up later in the day. All right? You're not going to put out a statement at 8, and then you're going to put out another statement here at 6.30 p.m. or something, right? Because why would you put out the 8 o'clock statement? So for me, this was Peter Seidler. He knows he's not speaking to the media because of his health. This is Peter Seidler just speaking to the fans. We fell short of that goal, right? And I'll read the statement here. But just saying, like, we're working on things. And... We're, we're starting assessing this organization. This, this, the assessment of this organization, it should have already started when they were 11 games back because you knew they weren't making the postseason. It should have already started, 
And so that's a little bit worrisome if they're literally, if he's truthful here and they're literally starting the assessment today, you're you're behind on that. You're behind on that. The New York Mets, they already just hired David Stearns. He had his press conference today. You're behind on stuff. So, yeah, th- this assessment should have already started. But here's Peter Sider's statement. We enter 2023 with expectations that we would build on last year's NLCS appearance and contend for a World Series championship. We fell short of that goal. The Padres organization will learn from this season and emerge in 2024 with the pieces in place to compete for San Diego's first World Series title. Our current leadership team continues to have my full support, and I have asked them to perform a thorough assessment of our organization beginning today. We will make the changes necessary to play championship caliber baseball for our extraordinary fans in 2024. So short statement, wasn't long, just just a paragraph. You know, we we had expectations, these World Series aspirations. We fell short of that goal. And then he gets into the current leadership team continues to have my full support. Stop right there. He didn't mention A.J. Preller by name. He didn't mention Eric Gruber by name. He didn't mention Bob Melvin by name. He didn't mention anyone by name. So that leaves us guessing, what does Peter Seidler mean by the current leadership team? Right? This statement here, there's no clarity with this statement. There's things that are kind of contradicting in this statement. Current leadership team continues to have my full support. So is A.J. Preller in that, leader, that current leadership team? You would think, right? Or is Peter Seidler just referring to Eric Gruppner, uh, maybe some of the minority owners, Eric Kusenda, Kutsenda, is that his name? Kustenda, the uh, the guy that just got added, I believe, to the Padres front office directory, according to Dennis Lynn, as an assistant, I think, to uh, Eric Gruppner, the CEO, obviously. Yeah, Eric Kutsenda. Kutsenda, special advisor to the CEO. And this is a name that is with Peter Seidler in his equity group, his private equity group that he has. So that's a name, obviously, that we don't know a ton about. He's not someone that has a bunch of experience in Major League Baseball, running a front office or anything like that. But he seems like someone just looking up his background. Yes, I was on his LinkedIn page. Um, Just hearing some things. It's like, okay, so this guy... He is a money guy. Like he's he's probably here to help out with the Padres payroll, asking questions like what needs to happen to get the Padres back under a certain number. We're hearing about the two hundred million dollar uh, target, I guess, for the payroll. So what needs to happen to get there? Making sure that things are in good shape because obviously there's been a lot of spending going on. So he's probably here to maybe limit that and set some good boundaries on what can happen what can't happen in terms of spending and the offseason and maybe not just 2023 but for years to come to make sure this thing is right on course here payroll wise but again our current leadership team continues to have my full support so who is in this leadership team bob melvin i would say is part of a leadership team the manager of your team should be part of your leadership team for a baseball team but bob melvin is not named here Your president of baseball operations and general manager should be a part of the current leadership team, right? But he doesn't name A.J. Preller here. This seemed a little bit far from A.J.'s excellence, like we heard when he was talking to Kevin Acey in Cincinnati in in the middle of this season, right? When they were in the middle of that terrible road trip. 
through, I think, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. It was bad. Um, no one is named here other than Peter Scyther because he made the statement. He wrote, I don't know if he wrote the statement, but this is, he's putting his name on this statement, right? So that just leaves the fan base guessing. Bob Melvin, what, is, what does this mean for him? Is he a part of the leadership team? If he's not, then yeah, we're going to be thinking that, okay, this probably isn't going to work out and Bob Melvin's probably going to be moving on or he'll be fired or something. If AJ Preller is in this leadership team, continues to have my full support, you're asking, Peter Scyther asking them to perform a thorough assessment of the organization beginning today. Okay, so if it's beginning today, then yeah, we shouldn't be shocked that there's no announcement here. And if it's beginning today, then you're current leadership team, A.J. Preller is involved in that, so I would think that A.J. Preller's not going anywhere. Because if A.J. Preller was going somewhere, why would you have that guy be evaluating what is going wrong? Wouldn't you want someone that is unbiased and a new guy coming in and doing the evaluation? You know? So, yeah. Um, there's just question marks. There's question marks. And contradictory so you have your current leadership team continues to have your first full support so that reads to me like okay we're probably going to keep the current situation we're not going to make um firings big firings here preller's not gone that's kind of what that seems to me but then later in the statement here we will make the changes necessary to play championship caliber baseball for our extraordinary fans in 2024 Okay, so you, you think no changes are going to be made when you're saying current leadership team continues to have my full support, but then you're saying you'll make the necessary changes. So, again, that that my head goes to Bob Melvin. He's not included in this current leadership team, but they were meeting today at Petco Park, Bob Melvin and other leaders in this organization. So is he part of the leadership team or is he not? And so when... I see him say, we will make the changes necessary. Bob Melvin, that's the first name that comes to mind here. Because current leadership team, I, I just find it hard to believe that AJ Preller is not a part of that current leadership team that Peter Seidler is referring to here. You know? So I don't know what to think of this. It really just created more questions, really. Like, for me, what was the point of Peter Seidler releasing this statement? Literally. What was the point? If you're not being direct with Padres fans and saying AJ Preller's gone or AJ Preller is staying or Bob Melvin is gone, or you could come out and say it's undecided. The future of AJ Preller and Bob Melvin is undecided, but he didn't name any person here and it was vague. So I just, I don't know. I came away with a lot of questions here. Like, what's going to happen? What was the point? What did Peter Seidler mean from this? I mean, I guess it's a great PR thing because if they make changes, well, Peter Seidler said you're going to make the changes. So good job. If you don't make the changes with the leadership, you could just say Bob Melvin was a part of that leadership team. And you said that they'll continue to have your full support. So why would you make the changes? Right. So like he was on both sides here in this statement of making changes or not making changes with management. And what he could do if there's no changes, well, the changes that I was referring to in this statement was things that you're not going to see, like, or I was referring to player uh, roster construction. That's what I was referring to. I wasn't referring to uh, management. 
Am I blurry here on YouTube? Is it blurry real quick? Because I'm just looking on my end of things and it looks blurry. Yeah, J.D. Third said Siler didn't write that. A lawyer did. Maybe. I don't know if Siler wrote it. I don't know if someone from the PR team wrote it. But it's on both, it's on both sides for sure. Someone in the chat, let me know if I'm blurry on here. Oh, it's good? Okay, Alex, thank you. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I look very blurry here on my side. Okay, anyway, let's move on then. So, well, not move on, but I'm just curious, what are your thoughts here? If you're live in the chat, what were your thoughts on this statement? Like, okay, fell short of the goal. You're admitting that you obviously didn't get to the World Series championship goal. I didn't really need to hear that because I already know Peter Sider wants to win, and we, we all know that it was a disappointing season. You support the current leadership team, but you don't name anyone in the leadership team. So that it's just questions. And then more questions. We will need we will make the changes necessary to play championship caliber baseball in 2024. Okay, what are those changes going to be? Is it personnel? Is it just roster construction? Is it payroll? What is it? Is it the farm director? Is it scouting? Like, is it analytics, hiring more people? Is it AJ Preller taking the GM title off? What the heck are these changes necessary to play championship caliber baseball? And he says to play championship caliber baseball. So is that going in and talking with the leaders of the clubhouse and saying you need more urgency to start next season? Is that a change? Like, it just leaves us literally guessing all over the place. All over the place. On what is going to happen here. So, again, my question here, my main question is like, what was the freaking point of releasing this, Peter? Like, I, I, I like that. I guess I like he put something out because, you know, health is obviously a number one thing. So he must be doing okay because he puts this statement out. I'm, hopefully he wrote this. But I know in sports sometimes they don't. Maybe they write something. They send it to the PR team and the PR team edits it a little bit to make it look better. Or a lawyer did this. I, I don't know. Someone in his Seidler equity group did this whatever um but in terms of like peter making the necessary changes to be honest i don't know if he is capable of doing that and i in terms of like the necessary change like aj preller and i said i said yesterday i'm fine with melvin and preller staying and that's if they that's only if like they they work it out you know because the payroll's going down aj is most familiar with this team not someone else, Peter with the health stuff, it might just be better for them to try to make this thing work for one more year. I want Bob Melvin to stay. Um, I would not be sad if A.J. Preller left. I'll, I'll put it at that. I know that sounds a little bit contradictory. Like, you, you're fine with A.J. staying, but you're fine with him going as well. Like, which one is it? That's kind of where I stand right now. Like, I would be, I'm not going to be like, A.J. needs to be fired. Um, but I, I I don't know. I just, it would be okay if he does go, though. I'm not like, I'm not going to sit and totally defend AJ Preller because look at the, just look at the track record. I'm at the stage of, and I've said this before, why not try to make a change? If they don't make a change, I mean, maybe next year will be like 2022 and the, the players will just play better and they can go on a run. But I don't, I, I just feel like Preller's obviously gotten a lot of, runway here 
to build a consistent contending team, and he hasn't been able to do that. They've got stars on the team, but I'm talking about playoffs every year. That hasn't happened under A.J. Preller. And the two winning seasons in A.J. Preller's tenure, full winning season, Bob Melvin's been the manager. And I know this year I don't want it to be looked at as a winning season because it was a failure of a season. You know, when you're just looking at this season, singular 2023. As I said yesterday, if it leads to a World Series, then I won't look at it as a, a failure because it was probably steps to success. But right now, yeah, it was a failure of a season. So I don't want it, I don't want it to come off like, oh yeah, this was a winning season. Great. No, it wasn't great. Um, but you know, Bob Melvin, I think he knows what he's doing. And if Bob Melvin goes, who are you bringing in that's better? Mike Schilt, that feels like a lateral move. That's a better move than having Bob Melvin manage. Ryan Flaherty, that's a better move than having Bob Melvin manage. Ryan Flaherty, he might be on the same page with A.J. Preller, and maybe that's what we should want. If we know A.J. Preller's staying, which I guess we don't, but from the statement, it feels like he's going to, and we know Peter loves A.J., if A.J.'s staying, you want someone that's probably on the same page as A.J. Preller. And I think Ryan Flaherty would be more on that page. Um, but, you know, again, if Preller leaves, I'm not going to sit here and be all pissed off about it because he's had a lot of chances. But if it's Melvin and Preller again in 2024, I'm not going to feel great about their chances of winning. But I will care more that, okay, Melvin is here still. Hopefully there's more urgency at the start of next year. They will still have a talented team. And like I said yesterday, maybe the payroll going down might be a good thing with A.J. Preller running this because he's had a little bit of a track record of bringing in some guys on cheap deals and them actually working out. It's the big contracts where it's like, oh, Eric Hosmer, nice. You Darvish, this one, not off to a great start. Jake Cronenworth, not off to a great start, right? Musgrove, I still like it, obviously. But just in terms of results, like he obviously the injuries this year, right? Uh, that limited his season. It's the shorter term deals where it's like, oh, that was a good addition. Pretty good addition there. Obviously, there's some short term deals. Matt Carpenter, Nelson Cruz, where it's like, what the heck was that? But Michael Waka, Seth Lugo, Hassan Kim was four years and that's starting to work out here. Um, I could point to others, but like. Robert Suarez, Luis Garcia, for the most part, um, you know, those coming in. I'm talking about their initial deal, not the Suarez extension that he got or this new deal that he got, the five years, uh, what was it, 46 mil, something like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the initial deal that he signed. Um, those, those have been pretty solid. So maybe if AJ is limited here, maybe that will be a good thing. I don't know. I'm just trying to find a positive here if AJ does end up staying. Um, but yeah, th this I, I just go back to this statement here. What was the point of releasing this statement? There's just more questions here than there are answers. Like, if you're going to release a statement today on Black Monday, the day after the season ends, and you got Phil Nevin going, you got Buck Showalter going, you got moves being made here. You got David Stearns having his intro press conference as the president of baseball ops with the Mets. If you're going to send out a statement, make it clear. AJ's returning. We have full trust in AJ Preller and the front office. Or 
Bob Melvin, we've decided to mutually part ways. We wish Bob the best. Thank you so much for what you did for us in 2022. We'll never forget that. Like, be definitive, direct. But to send out a statement that says nothing to us, okay, you have current your current leadership team. You fully support the current leadership team. But you'll make the necessary changes to play championship caliber baseball. Which, what is it? Those changes aren't with management. They are with management. What is it? We just don't know. All right, I'm going to go through the chat here. Uh, Devin says, the official statement has caused a circus of uncertainty. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, that's pretty much every Padres fan. Um... Devin says, I can't wait for you to do a montage video of Padres bad quotes. That's coming. Don't worry. That's coming. I don't know about, like, the quotes of them, like, on camera, because not all the quotes were on camera, all the bad quotes. But I will do an episode about the bad quotes for sure. Yep, that is coming. So, yeah. If I didn't think of that, I would have said good idea, Devin, but I've already thought of that. That is that it is coming. But, yes, that'll be probably coming this week. Uh, Oris says, I don't think the team has any idea. I don't think the team has any idea. Oh, not gal. How to fix it, which is obvious with the season. Well, Peter Seidler, I think he doesn't want to, I mean, he loves AJ Preller with his health and all that. He probably doesn't want to have to go through hiring a new president of baseball operations or a new general manager. You're so far in, he's under contract through 2026. And with Bob Melvin, Feels like Eric Gruber likes Bob Melvin. Kevin Acey was on with Darren Smith earlier today, and he wouldn't comment about how Eric Gruber feels about AJ Preller, but I think he did comment about how Eric Gruber feels about Bob Melvin, and he doesn't really have anything bad to say about Bob Melvin. So that can kind of tell you, you know, obviously Eric Gruber last week on Ben and Woods, criticizing the roster construction, how they need more younger, hungrier guys, and how 2022 masks some things the winning can mask some things i don't think Gruber's the biggest fan of aj but then you got peter who is a big fan of aj and peter's the boss but eric Gruber's the lead guy right now in this organization it feels like with peter away like the lead guy in the office in the building the lead guy is eric so i don't know this feels like it's going to be a process i mean you know when peter says in this statement he asked them the leadership team to perform a thorough assessment of our organization beginning today, beginning today. So I don't see this ending soon during the playoffs when games like the day of games, I don't think major league baseball likes teams doing this sort of stuff, like announcing a firing or something because that ends up being big news. And look, it's playoff baseball. So the real baseball fans, they, they can digest all the information they can digest the Padres making a move, and then watching the wild card games. I don't think it's that big of a deal, and I don't think Major League Baseball should restrict teams from making a move on the day of a postseason game. Like, it's their organization. They should be able to do whatever they want to do. Um, but if the Padres abide by that, let's say they can't publicly make a decision or they're not going to leak a decision until the next off day, well, the next off day is, I think, Friday. 
because the, the wild card series, there's no days off. It's just three straight days or two if the series ends in two, but it could be up to three straight days. So are we just going to go all week just guessing on what's going to happen here? We, we're not going to have any answer. And then on Friday, maybe we get an answer. If we don't get an answer on Friday, do we have to wait till the next off day? Like, I, I really thought something was going to happen today, but then when I saw the 8 a.m. letter or the 8 a.m. statement come out from Peter Seidler and the Padres, I was like, nothing's going to happen today then. I waited for something to happen, but nothing's probably going to happen. Because Peter Seidler, if he thought something was going to happen, he wouldn't have released a statement, or he would have waited to release a statement until like now, until the meeting had already taken place. But he released this before the meeting even took place today. Right? The meeting didn't take place at 6 o'clock in the morning, did it? It probably took place at like 9 or 10. So, what, they're in there still at Petco Park in this meeting? I don't see that. So nothing's happening. I would be surprised if something's happening. Um, just checking social media here just to make sure nothing is happening. Yeah, don't see anything. Okay, so, you know, those are my thoughts kind of drawn out, I know, rambling a little bit, but those are just my thoughts right now on the Peter Seidler statement from today. And I'll be back right after this to talk about Xander Bogarts. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
right, so Xander Bogarts, obviously with the season ending on Sunday, he spoke to Padres media members that were in Chicago following the Padres season finale, not just series finale, but season finale. And I guess he was asked about moving to first base because that has been brought up inside the Padres organization about him potentially moving there. And some Padres fans were not happy about what he said here. This is via Kevin AC in the San Diego Union Tribune. I don't want that, Bogart said. I see it this way. Center field, shortstop, second base, that's the triangle. You start going to the corners, you're closer to the bench. I don't want to be too quick going to first. And my initial reaction to this was, yeah, I was, I'm not happy about seeing this from Xander Bogarts. Now, I understand, to be fair to Xander, if I was a shortstop, played it my whole career with the Red Sox, come over to the Padres, played pretty well defensively, I thought, this year at shortstop. I really did. I, I think Xander played pretty well at shortstop this year. Made some errors, but I thought he played pretty well. Is Hassan Kim a better defensive shortstop? Probably. He's one of the best defenders in baseball. Does he have better range than Bogarts? Probably. Yeah, probably a better fit at shortstop. But Hassan Kim is a free agent at the end of the season of 2024. So does Bogarts want to move to first base and then go back to shortstop? Or maybe he's like, well, if they move me to, if they move me to first base, I may never come off of first base. And he thinks in the second year of this contract, moving to first base, no, I'm the shortstop of this team. They brought me in to be the shortstop of this team. I was successful with the Red Sox being a shortstop, won a World Series as the shortstop, hit over 300 as a shortstop. Look at how I ended this season. Look how I started the 2023 season. Like, no, you gave me $280 million and you're going to move me after year one. I understand the frustration there that Xander Bogarts might have about that, but it goes back to being a team player. You already got your money, Xander. You got $280 million from this team. That's more money than you would have received from any other team in baseball. Guarantee. Because that's why you signed here, right? You, you wanted to be back with Boston, but Boston didn't give you anything close to what you thought you deserved, and they didn't overpay for you like the Padres did with $280 million and an 11-year contract. You got your money. Go bat wherever, you, wherever Bob Melvin wants you to bat in the lineup. Wherever the Padres want to bat you in the lineup, go bat there. Because there was, remember, I think he said in spring training, maybe it was to Ben and Woods, about how he well, he was fine with hitting anywhere, but I think second is what he said. He said one of the spots in the order. It's like, dude, go bat wherever they want you to bat. You already got your money. You don't have to prove anything. You got your money. Shouldn't you just be all in on winning now? And, you know, this year, you got your money still. Like, next year, the money's there. The money is guaranteed for the rest of this contract. So. I understand you don't want to move to first base. You haven't played first base, or maybe as in the past, but very few games. You don't really have experience there. But guess what? Jake Cronenworth, he moved to first base before he even got that contract. He was being a team player. He wants to win. He's willing to do whatever it takes to help the team win. And Padres thought first base was the best, so he moved there. And I'm sure he'll be willing to move back to second base or move to another position if the Padres think that's the best thing because he has his money. He wants the Padres to win. He wants to win. He's tired of this. And last year, yeah, there was success. But 2021, he was a part of that. 2023, he was a part of this. He wants to win consistently. And I hope that Xander Bogarts wants to do that as well. 
And it's not just Xander Bogarts, but like Manny saying this year, we didn't just want it bad. We didn't want it as bad as some other teams. Juan Soto admitting about the quitting stuff when they get down in games. Josh Hader, are we in the playoff race? Like just the mentality on this team, I feel like it needs to change. Especially like Hassan Kim, let's say that he was in this position. He hadn't gotten paid yet and he doesn't want to move off of shortstop or doesn't want to move off of second base and the Padres want him to move to a different spot. Maybe he'd be willing to do that because it's a different personality, but I would understand that because he doesn't want to lower his value, maybe, by moving to another position, right? But like Xander Bogarts, again, he's gotten the money, $280 million that he has gotten, and he's saying, I don't want that. And by the way, him saying, you start going to the corners, you're closer to the bench. I don't want to be too quick going to first. Dude, you're here for the next 10 years. You think that the Padres are going to put you on the bench in 2024 or 2025? I totally don't believe in that. Like, you could point to Miguel Cabrera. He played first, then he was DHing and wasn't in the lineup every day at the very end of his career here. But Bogarts, dude. You're here for the next decade. You think the Padres are going to stop playing you? You're going to go to the bench after playing first base here? Hey, come on. That's not going to happen. Do you see how much leash they gave Eric Hosmer here? Maybe do your research on that, Xander. Like, they gave Eric Hosmer a lot of leash to keep being in that lineup. They're going to have Xander Bogarts in the lineup. It's all right, dude. You don't have to worry about being on the bench in year two of a decade-long, more than a decade-long contract. You're good. Just, you have your money. Do what's best for the team. I Again, I get it. I get it if he didn't have the money. But you have the money. Don't you want to try to go win a World Series, do something that's never been done for this organization? Like, I just want that collective buy-in next season from this Padres team. Yeah, yes, yes, coach. I'll do whatever. Yes, skipper. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I want to help this team win. I want the Nick Martinez. You know, the Nick Martinez mentality, the Jake Cronenworth mentality. I want that more on this Padres team with some of these guys. And I'm just not seeing enough of that. Didn't see enough of that this season. And so, yeah, that pisses me off. And again, I understand Xander Bogarts. Like, he's so familiar with shortstop. He thinks he's still a good shortstop. And he, I think he is a pretty solid shortstop. If he has a better year offensively next year, yeah, he's one of the better shortstops probably in baseball. I still think that. Some might disagree, but I still think that. But it's just like, man, who cares where you play? Who cares? Okay, it's going to take some time to get used to that position. You're probably going to have to play that position at some point here. So why not do it now when you have your money and these are the best years to go win a championship? So shouldn't you, like out of all years, shouldn't you be willing to move positions as long as that increases your team's chances of winning? whether it's the offense bringing in someone, whether it's just the defense, and they're just looking at this from the defensive perspective. Who cares what perspective they're looking at it from? Just be more of a team player here. That's that's the takeaway I got from this. I mean, yeah, that that it, that irritated me a little bit. You know, where's where's the team first mentality here? Am I missing it? Is it here with the star players? I'm not talking about Nick Martinez or Seth Lugo, but Manny Machado not really believing in the, the importance of clubhouse culture. You've got Juan Soto 
admitting about the team quitting when they get down in games. You got Bogarts not willing to be go and or not willing and uh, doesn't seem very willing to go play first base. Josh Hader, we know what happened there. It's just like, come on, guys. Do whatever you can to help this team win. If they want you to do something, go do it. Especially for the guys that have the long-term contract. You know? Especially for those guys. Because well, it's just ego. It's just ego that you're just sitting there and not, um, not being super willing to go move positions. That's what it is, is it not? I'm gonna I'm pulling up this UT article here from Kevin. If I can find it. One second. Here it is. Rich Hill, by the way, he wants to pitch half of next season for a contender. Okay, so Bogarts, here's what he says. These are like the full quotes. I'm not, oh, I've got to be a shortstop. I was that guy when I came up, but I'm very realistic. And I mean, I'm not getting younger. I know, but I haven't given any thought of if this might be too soon yet. Obviously, as a player, you feel like you can do it for a long time, but I am realistic. So seems like he, he will be willing at some point to move to first base, but it just doesn't seem like right now. Padres have talked internally about moving Bogarts to the right side of the infield. Could be to second base or could be to first. And he's, it seems like he's more willing to move to second base than to first base right now. I just don't understand why. Like, you know that Jake Cronenworth is a better second baseman than first baseman. Austin Kim's a really good shortstop. You might think that you're a really good shortstop as well, but we know Xander Bogarts is a baseball nut. He's smart. Watches baseball all the time. Probably pays attention to what some other people are saying. The defensive alignment and all that. You think that... Having you at shortstop, Kim at second, and Cronenworth at first is a better defensive alignment than you getting to, getting time at first. Uh, Crony being back at second base and Kim at short. I think the better defensive alignment. Now, it might be better for the Padres to go get an actual first baseman and have Crony maybe move to like a Chris Taylor role. I know it's a lot of money for a Chris Taylor role, but if you want Bogarts playing every day or Manny DHs. So Kim is at third. Bogarts can stay at short to start the year. Crony's at second. They bring in a first baseman. You have Manny DH. Soto, let's say he stays. He's in left. You have Tatis maybe in center or right. You have Christian center maybe or someone else. And that's how it could line up. But like realistically, I think the best defensive alignment is Manny. Assuming it's these four. Maybe it's not going to be. But when Manny gets healthy, Manny at third, Kim at short, Crony at second, and Bogarts at uh, first. If it's those four in the infield, that's the best defensive alignment, I think. Bogarts, I believe he's taller than Crony, which helps at first base. And he can learn it. You know, Crony, it took some time, obviously. But if Bogarts really dedicates himself, I mean, look at Bryce Harper. That seems pretty successful right now with the Phillies. And I was reading an article earlier today with Bryce Harper about him maybe being willing to be at first base full time. This was just an injury thing that he's at first base. And he pretty much said, like, I'm open to anything. I'm, I'm open to anything, honestly. And again, my thought goes to, can we get some more of that on this Padres team? Some more team first mentality? Bryce has his contract. He has his money. He's willing to do whatever. 
Bogarts, you have your money, dude. Other guys on this team, you have your money. Hater, okay, you didn't have your money yet. Still don't really like what you said, but you didn't have your money yet. But there's other guys on this team, you have your money. Be more team first, you know? This pisses me off. Um, all right, I wanted to get to Kevin AC. He put together a chart, or UT Research, whatever it was. Kevin AC put together a chart of all the heartbreaking losses the San Diego Padres suffered in the 2023 season. We know how bad they were in one-run games. I think they lost 23 one-run games. They won two extra inning games all year long, and it took them till mid-September to win those extra inning games. Like, they have just not, it was not a good clutch year for this Padres team. A lot of close losses, and it was so painful this season. Such a long season. And he put together this graph, and holy cow. For the YouTube audience, look how many losses this is. I mean, so many losses for this Padres team. I mean, we can go through them here. Let's go through them here. So, starting off April 4th, Padres led 5-1 to in the fifth inning. They lose 8-6. to April 13th against Milwaukee, Padres tied the game in the eighth. They lose 4-3 to in 10. Uh, 5-6 against the Dodgers. Tatis, RBI double in the eighth. He is stranded, though. Soto, Manny, and Bogarts make outs in the 2-1 to loss. The next day, that was Josh Hader pitching right. I believe Sunday Night Baseball, May 7th. Mookie has the game-tying home run. Dodgers win 5-2 in 10 innings. And that's where it felt like a lot of the season changed. Or it kind of like flipped. It's like, oh, man, this is not going to be good, is it? Not going to be great. Obviously, the Kershaw meme was, I believe, on 5-5, and then they lost the next two games of that series. They go to Minnesota, the 10th. At Minnesota, Padres tied the game in the 8th, took the lead in the 10th, lost 4-3 in 11 innings. The next day, at Minnesota, Padres score first, regain the lead twice before the Twins go ahead in the 7th and win 5-3. Remember, in that series, Bob Melvin called out his team. I think there was a meeting before he spoke to the media. So he pulled that string pretty early in this season. And they still didn't come back from it. Um, the Yankee series at New... And that doesn't even include when, after the Minnesota series, I believe they went to Dodger Stadium and they got swept. And there were guys laughing in the dugout in the ninth inning while they were about to get swept by the Dodgers there. Like, it was not a good time there. Go to the 27th at New York. Padres come back, take the lead in the 7th. They lose 3-2 to two in 10 innings. 531 at Miami, Padres led for six innings before the Marlins scored both of their runs in the ninth for a two-to-one victory. Let's go to June, June 11th at Colorado. Rockies tie it in the eighth. Padres retake the lead in the ninth. Rockies win five to four with two home runs in the ninth. I think that game was that the game where there was the the weather delay. And I just felt like, okay, this is not going to work out for the Padres. Ryan McMahon homered. Not great. Go to the 19th at San Francisco. Giants score two in the ninth, three in the 10th for a 7-4 to four victory. I think that was the Yaz walk-off home run game. 6-20 at San Francisco. Giants score once in each of the final three innings to win 4-3. to 6-21. 
Giants take advantage of a controversial call at the plate. Hold on, four to two victory. That was the Gary, one of the Gary Sanchez bad calls by the umpires, and things just didn't go the Padres' way. Just so many excruciating, excruciating losses this season. I'm like barely halfway into this list. Six twenty nine at Pittsburgh. Pirates come back with three runs in the seventh for a five to four win that completes the sweep. Remember that was Tim Hill, one of those plays that tied the game. They were up by two, I believe, late in the game. Dribbler down the line, Tim Hill picks it up, spins, throws, and it, it's not a it's not a good throw. Goes up the right field line, two run score, tie game, and uh, the Padres obviously end up losing that game, like getting swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates. And then at the end, obviously the Pittsburgh Pirates lose to the Marlins. That's the game that the Padres are officially eliminated. So like the Pirates just did not help the Padres. Padres hurt themselves, obviously, but the Pirates were. Not helpful to the Padres in 2023. How about the next series? At Cincinnati, 6-30. Padres tie the game in the ninth, take the lead in the 10th, again in the 11th before losing 7-5. And that was one of those where it's like, okay, they're actually, they hadn't won an extra inning game yet, obviously. Maybe they're going to get an extra inning win. You had Tatis coming through. I know he had a big hit. There was like some pretty good situational baseball. And you still end up losing that game. I remember that home. That was a that home run was a line drive hit on the walk off. Go to seven two, Padres tie the game with back to back home runs in the top of the eighth. I think it was Kim and Tatis, right? Tatis, that was a bomb. Um, but then gave up a two run home run in the bottom of the eighth. I believe that was Nick Martinez. They lose four to three. I forget what the situation was there. I forget if Josh Hader was available or not, but. That was a situation where it was like, oh, Bomo, Nick Martinez, he'd been struggling. Don't know if that's the best person to put in there. And the Padres lose that game. 7-15, coming out of the All-Star break. Phillies tie the game in the seventh. Padres retake the lead in the top of the eighth. They lose the lead in the bottom of the eighth in a 6-4 to defeat. 7-16, Tatis pinch hit single, ties it in the eighth. Padres take the lead in the tenth. But the Phillies win 7-6 in 12 innings. I remember in one of those games, Kyle Schwarber came up with a hit. Bryce Harper came up with the hit, just losing leads. And that was where, you know, the bullpen, obviously, it was a top five bullpen to start off the season. And this was without Robert Suarez. But then there were rough patches and then there were some injuries and it just wasn't, it was just really, really rocky at a, at a bad time for this Padres team. Um, let's go to back at home against Pittsburgh. Padres get to a 3-2 lead seven, on 7-26. Have the bases loaded with one out in the ninth before two quick outs. I believe Grish was involved in that. 731 at Colorado. Grisham home run ties it with two outs in the ninth. Padres load the bases, though, with no outs and don't score in the 10th inning. And the Padres lose 4-3. to three. Another heartbreaking loss there. 8-4 against the Dodgers. Padres take the lead in the fourth. Hold a 3-1 advantage going into the eighth. Dodgers score five runs in the eighth inning to win 10-5. to five. I think that was the game where Suarez couldn't find the strike zone. Then Cosgrove comes in. He can't find the strike zone. Uh, I think maybe Barlow pitched in that game. This isn't even including the game where Seth Lugo's pitching, right? The Padres, they have a 5-0 lead, I think. And then it's 8-5. And then Barlow comes in, gives up a bunch of runs. And all of a sudden, now you're way out of it. So, yeah, just terrible. That was that Monday day game, you know, the wraparound series. Then you go 8-8 at Seattle. Padres go up 1-0 in the first, but then they go 0-9 with runners in scoring position. 
with the game tied in the eighth. Mariners scored five. Five runs there in the eighth. Um, 8-13 at Arizona. Padres take a 3-0 lead in the first. Go up 4-2 in the top of the seventh before the Diamondbacks score twice in the seventh and again in the eighth. 8-29 at St. Louis. These were the walk-offs, obviously. Um, Padres, they had a lead. Cardinals scored twice in the seventh to tie the game. And then they win 6-5 to five on Tommy Edmonds' walk-off single in the ninth. Next, I think Hader was pitching in that game. Next game, Hader's also pitching. And uh, Padres took a 4-3 lead in the seventh. Edmund had a walk-off home run in the ninth. And I remember like just laughing after that because it's like <laughs> this season, it just keeps getting worse. You're playing the Cardinals. You should have won these two games. And, of course, the, the San Diego guy walks off the Padres. And Josh Hader, the few games that he was pitching, he gives up walk-offs there. There was one point in time this season where Josh was pitching like once a week, once every eight days. It was so frustrating. It's like, dude, make some of this has to be on the Padres, but this some of this is definitely on Josh. And he outed himself with some of the comments that he made at the end of the season, near the end of the season in San Francisco in September. Um, and it's just it was just frustrating. Like again, going back to the team first mentality. Like they need more of that in this clubhouse. Um, September 23rd, Padres one for 17 with runners in scoring position. Tie game going into the ninth before losing five to two in the tenth. And Tatis was up in that situation. He struck out. I think Soto was up. He struck out. I want to say, or maybe it was Manny that struck out. Whatever. It was just a bunch of guys. I know Bogarts. He had a ground ball um, late in that game. Like it was just. Time after time after time, gut punch after gut punch after gut punch. And that took a while for me to get through that list. If they would have had a few of those games go their right way, this team maybe could have been in a postseason spot. If they could have come through with runners in scoring position and not have went over with runners in scoring position many times this season, if they wouldn't have lost 23 one-run games and just been a little bit better with that, this team maybe could have made the postseason. And we'd be getting ready for the wild card series. But instead, we're sitting here waiting for maybe a decision to be made about Bob Melvin, A.J. Preller, maybe a change to be made. It just sucks. Absolutely sucks. Just this team, so talented. Such a talented team on paper going into the year. And it was just, just felt like choke job after choke job after choke job. Sometimes they didn't have a lead, but they definitely had opportunities in those games to take the lead or to tie the game, to extend the game, and they just couldn't do it. Josh Hader, I did touch on them, touch on him, obviously, in that, that graph that Kevin AC posted. By the way, Kevin, great job to him um, this season on Padres Daily, his Padres coverage. Same thing with Jeff Sanders and Dennis Lynn and A.J. Casavell, Marty Caswell. Uh, I know I'm forgetting some people, but the main writers, Annie Halbrun, the main writers here, Bryce Miller, great job this season with their coverage, obviously. Long season for them, I'm sure, how disappointing this was. And they're probably checking their phone all the time right now to see if someone's going to give them that tip so they can be first on if there's going to be changes with this Padres team. I'm sure there's a lot of phone calls being had 
uh, about what's going to happen here. It, it feels like it's speculation. There's probably a limited amount of people that know what's happening. And maybe no decision has been made about this Padres team right now. Because maybe they had a meeting and, you know, Peter Seidler was right in his statement about how this process is just beginning. It's beginning today. And I don't think you make a decision in a few hours if it's beginning today. It should have been, it should have began weeks ago, not just beginning today. But if it's beginning today, then it's probably going to take some time. I don't see anything happening today. Like that statement was what was going to happen today. Something was going to happen today. I wasn't expecting an 8 a.m. statement from the team before the, the guys in this meeting even met. Maybe that was strategic on Peter's part because he didn't want a decision to be made today. Maybe he wants to talk to both parties or because he can't be involved, maybe in this meeting at Petco Park, maybe he wants to have those two guys come to wherever he is and have a conversation or meet on Zoom or something. And so he put that out there. So there was, so like Gruppner or whoever's there felt pressure to not make a decision today. I don't know, but yeah, it, it, it's not, I was not expecting an 8 a.m. statement from Peter Seidler for sure. Josh Hader, he knows that he is gone. He posted on Instagram on Monday, San Diego, you'll have a special place in my heart forever. Like he, he knows, he knows he's gone. Here is the Josh Hader post on his Instagram. SD, you'll have a special place in my heart forever. To all the loyal fans that supported us every day, thank you and much love. I liked what he did against the Dodgers, obviously, last postseason. Like, I'm never going to forget that. But on the field, it wasn't a disappointing Josh Hader tenure with the Padres. Like, I, I agree that Josh Hader is going to be gone. He's not coming back. They're not giving him $100 million for a reliever, especially in the, situ the payroll situation that they're at. But I would say it was underwhelming because I thought we were going to get more out of him. I thought he would be more willing. And maybe I'm stupid that I, it was stupid of me to think about, to think that Josh Hader was going to give more than three outs um, and have to be like pushed to give more than three outs, even in the postseason when it matters the most. Um, but I don't know. I just thought that if he really wanted to win a World Series, I thought he was going to give more to this Padres team, especially this season. And he just didn't do that. And this was something that he could have controlled. Obviously, Bob Melvin and Ruben Yebla control who goes in the game, ultimately. But he could have. He's one of the best relievers on the planet. If he went to Ruben Yebla and Bob Melvin sat them down and said, hey, I want these four-out situations. We need to win games here in August. Pitch me back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back days if you feel like I need to. If I'm the best reliever in this bullpen, pitch me back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back days. Pitch me in four-out situations. If you think that Robert Suarez is gassed or you like the left-on-left -left matchup better, my pitch repertoire, you like that better than whoever's in the game, put me in. I'll do it. I want to help this team win. But it doesn't seem like that's what he did. Because if he did do that, then I don't think Bob Melvin would have been looking as like exasperated as he was in San Francisco. And it, it felt pretty clear to me that he wanted to say more about this than he was going to, but then Josh Hader said it for him later talking to the media about, 
what are we in the playoff chase? We're in the playoff race. It's about health getting through a 162 game season. Yeah, well, that game in San Francisco was like game 157 or something. I don't know what it was. 158 or whatever it was. You're you're through the season. If you don't pitch, you're probably not making the postseason. Like you're the best reliever on this team. Extend yourself a little bit, dude. But he didn't do that. And so I'm thankful for what he did for the Padres in 2022 in the postseason. Obviously, the Bryce Harper question is always going to be a what if. What if Hader came in the game there? But it feels like Bob Melvin would have gotten only three outs from Hader and they would have needed someone else to go finish that game, like Luis Garcia or something. And so I was fine and I'm still fine with Bob Melvin sticking with Robert Suarez in that spot that, you know, when they, when, uh, Bryce Harper was up at the plate. Robert Suarez had been pitching as good as Josh Hader in the postseason. And I don't know how Bryce Harper took that changeup earlier in the at-bat. I think the pitch before, but he did. And he got a good pitch to hit. Sometimes that's just how it goes. And Bryce Harper was the hottest hitter on the planet at that point. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed by Josh Hader's tenure with the Padres. Because some of it was, I think, some of it was in his control. Some of it wasn't. And when he was on the field, he pitched pretty darn well. But some of it was in his control. He could have done more, and he didn't. All right. I'm going to get to a break, and then I'm going to finish it off at the chat. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's underdog fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pickup games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy, and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. All right, let's close it out going to the chat here. Again, apologies for uh, the voice or continuing to go and Get the Kleenex. Not feeling that great. Um, second day doing this. Hopefully I'm better tomorrow or you know, later this week. But thank you for 
continuing to be with me if you are still here uh, with me. But yeah, let's get to the chat here. Devin says, Padres need to figure out how to put Crony back to second. He is not a slugging first baseman. Well, yeah, we know. But that's, if anyone was expecting him to go hit 40 bombs this year, like, you're out of your mind. That's just not who Jake Cronenworth is. I think he was pressing with the new contract and maybe the new position and trying to do too much. Um, yes, he is a better second baseman than first baseman. And, again, like, Xander, already ha he already has his money. So if he moves to first base so you can allow Crony to get back to second and Kim, who plays well, really good defensively at shortstop, and if those four guys are your infield with Manny at third when Manny comes back and is fully healthy, um, I think Xander should be okay with going to first base. Maybe he goes back to shortstop when Kim goes somewhere else in free agency because it feels like that's what's going to happen because the Padres have already committed to some other guys. Or maybe Crony gets attached in the trade somewhere this offseason. I don't see that happening, but maybe that happens. And that opens up second base for Ha Sung Kim to stay there. And that keeps Bogarts at short. And they can bring in a first baseman, a real first baseman. But, Alexander, you already got your money. And in the Union Tribune article, I do want to be fair to Xander. Like he did say, he, it's not like he said, he is 100% not going to do it. He says, I'm not, oh, I've got to be a shortstop. I was that guy when I came up, but I'm very realistic, and I'm not getting younger, I know. Um, so he is being a little bit realistic about he's not going to be a shortstop throughout the rest of this Padres contract. But then he has the later quote, I don't want that about moving to first base. I see it this way. Center field, shortstop, second base. That's the triangle. You start going to the corners. You're closer to the bench. I don't want to be too quick going to first, which I just don't get. Padre, Xander, the Padres are not going to bench you two years into this contract, less than two years into the contract. They're not going to sit you on the bench. M85 says all their contracts should be incentive-based. Yeah, but the Players Association wouldn't agree to that in the CBA. That's why you need, some things are incentives, incentive, um, not incentive based, but there are incentives. Like Seth Lugo got, I think over a million dollars in incentives because of how many starts he made this year. So there are incentives to motivate players, but no players, that's just how it is. They need guaranteed money and the best players, you got to give them more guaranteed money. Devin says, Xander doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. Why are you reaching out to Bowmel for not batting second? Why didn't you go on the IL when your wrist was hurting? Why grounding into double plays? Well, he's not trying to ground into a double play, so let's put that out there. Uh, not going on the IL when his wrist was hurting. Yeah, I mean, him and Manny, are, they want to be on the field. That's part of how they lead is posting. They're not going to go out of the lineup. Because they know that 80% of them, is that better than 100% of someone else? Maybe it is. Now, Xander probably would have been best for him to go on the IL there. IL there, um, what was it, middle of the season when that happened? Before the All-Star break? Before he could get that cortisone shot? He, you know, he was out of the lineup for a good amount of time. And didn't go on the IL. And he was just sitting there, a, a waste of a roster spot. 
But that wasn't that wasn't like he needed surgery like Manny here at the end. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? They still had stuff to play for there. And so I understand why Xander didn't want to go on the IL. It's the same thing with Manny last year um, with the ankle injury. Like, you're going to try whatever you can to be out there in the lineup on the field. Steven says, but why put Bogarts at first base? That's not a winning move. They should just go get a cheap first baseman. That's easy to say, though. Like, if you go get a first baseman, then what happens to Jake Cronor's role? What happens to Ha-Sung Kim's role? Does Ha-Sung Kim become a utility guy? Does he play every day? Does Cronenworth become a utility guy? Um, there are questions there that would come from going and getting a cheap first baseman. And what do you mean by cheap first baseman? Who is that? Who is that cheap first baseman? Are you saying like a one-year deal for like C.J. Crone or something? It's just the infield composition, it just doesn't fit very well to go get a full-time first baseman because then what's going to happen with Jake Cronenworth? You could trade Jake Cronenworth, but what are you going to get back? Who's going to take on that contract? How much are you going to be eating of that contract? And I'm not going to sit here and give up on Jake Cronenworth. You know, he's not even into this new deal yet. The new deal starts 2024. He agreed to that deal when the season had already started. JD's third says, lots of players' demands being met. Xander, Hater. Most teams have a culture, and players must fit into it, or they don't come on board. Um, yeah, a, lots of, a lot of players' demands are yeah, being met. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a manager thing. Like, if the Padres let go of Bob Melvin or the, the two-part ways, whatever, a new manager comes in, they're going to be able to switch those players' mindsets when Bob Melvin couldn't do that, I think that's a player thing. That's a self thing. Like, discipline, accountability, not really discipline, but accountability. Like, am I being the best teammate here? Or am I doing things for myself, even though I've already gotten paid? Should I be demanding things of my manager when... My number one goal should be to go win and do whatever I can to help the team win. You know? Um, continuing to go through the chat here. Alex says, I would play wherever, even if I made league minimum. They're so lucky to be in the position they're in. Yeah, that's true. But these guys, I mean, they've they they've gotten paid millions of dollars for years now. Like they're just used to it. And when you get paid millions of dollars and you know you're one of the faces of the organization, you probably do some things that other players wouldn't be allowed to do. And you use that to your advantage. Um, so I know, like I, I think of that sometimes too. Like even the rookie salary, seven hundred thousand a year, we would love to have that, right? But those guys, they're just it's some sometimes they're in a different world than we are because they're just so used to having everything given to them and getting everything that they want. 
And so that translates onto what they want on the baseball field and what position they want to play and uh, what spot in the lineup they want to be in, you know? Yeah, it sucks, but what are you going to do? I think it's a player thing. It's, it's the players being like, all right, I need to switch this from me to we. That's what needs to happen here. Yeah, that AC chart, man, that was long. Yeah, David, they missed the playoffs by two games. Yep. I forget if they had a tiebreaker over Miami or anything like that, but even if we say it's three or four games, that's still so many games that I was talking about earlier on that chart that AC put out. The close games, the heartbreaking games, so many games there that the Padres could have, if they would have won three or four of those, maybe they would have been a postseason team this year. Just, yeah, excruciating, frustrating for sure. Chris says, for the fans that want Bogey at first, I can already see them complaining about his power production. He's not a big power guy. I already know how they're going to react. But he's more of a power guy than Crony. So if you have to make a decision between Crony at first or having him at second base and having Bogart, Bogarts at first, I think some would have Bogarts at first. And you can have Kim at shortstop. Remember, Jackson Merrill is coming up as well, probably at some point next year. So where is he going to slot in? Is he going to go to the outfield? Is he going to be a utility guy? But what when Manny comes back and he's at third and let's say Kim's at short or something like that, like where's Cronenworth going to be? If Kim's, if, if or if Bogarts is at short still, Kim's at second, they bring in a first baseman, what's Crony's role? What's Merrill's role? You know, like there's there's question marks here. Like the roster construction. There's a lot of questions about who are they going to replace how, or how are they going to replace Hayter, Snell, maybe Lugo, Martinez, Waka, Gary Sanchez, blah, blah, blah. But, like, what about the current group of guys and positions? Like, that's that's a question as well. So, we'll see. That's it. Talking Fires episode 482. Thank you, everyone, so much for the time. Hopefully, I'll be better and I'll be more energetic and I won't be, you know, sniffling all the time during the show. Hopefully, that'll get better here as the week goes on. But I appreciate everyone for tuning in listening on the podcast platforms, watching on YouTube, the live stream, or on replay. Um, I post clips of the show on YouTube if you don't feel like watching the, the entire live stream or listening. There's clips of the show that go up as well and some other individual videos that aren't a part of the episodes. Um, so please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have not already and turn on those notifications so you don't miss when a video comes out, you don't miss when I go live. So if you want to participate in some of these live streams, you can be a part of that. Again, thank you all for the time. Uh, reminder, code Talking Friars, $20 off your SeatGeek order. 100% deposit match up to $100 on Underdog Fantasy. And FOCO, they've got some great Padres bobbleheads and collectibles. Same thing, Breaking Tea, they've got some great Padres swag there as well. Aztecs, Wave. Click the links in the description for that. Um, and Gaglione Bros, the main sponsor of the show, uh, their main location on Friars Road. They're at Snapdragon Stadium, Petco Park, best cheesesteaks, garlic fries in San Diego. So make sure to check them out. All right. I'll see you all later in the week.